All right, well, let's dive into our lesson tonight. Um, our Sunday school class that meets in the uh, fellowship hall, we're using the uh, curriculum for Sunday school that's been put out by Answers in Genesis. That's the group that has the ark in Kentucky, and you know, several of us got to go there a few years ago, and I've really liked the material uh, so far, and uh, just wanted to go over the lesson that we had this past Sunday. It's talking about the Trinity, so I hope you picked up one of the, the Trinity diagrams. We'll be referring to that, and there'll be several scripture references, and uh, it'll be you know, a lot to t try to turn to, so I've got, got them on the screen for Haley to put up if you want to write that down and go back and look later, or you can turn with me, either one. But I just wanted to share this, and you know, the doctrine of the Trinity, we don't find the word Trinity anywhere in Scripture, but you could say that the fingerprints of the Trinity are all through the Bible, that the doctrine is very... Um, very much in Scripture. Uh, if you think of it, if, if there's not a triune God, of course, there has to be a God for there to be anything. But then if, if Jesus is anything other than God, then His sacrifice was not enough to pay for our sin. And if the Holy Spirit is not God, then we are not sealed for eternity. They all three have to be God in order for us to have not only creation, but salvation and a future in heaven. Uh, the first uh, thing we're going to look at tonight is that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit were all three present at creation. So, Talking about creation, we're going to start in the beginning in Genesis 1. If you want to turn there or look at the screen. Um, it says there in verses 1 through 3, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was, out, was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light and there was light. If you can get past Genesis 1-1, the rest of the Bible shouldn't be any problem for you. If you can believe in the beginning God, then everything else falls into place afterwards. But uh, looking at the scripture, we want to make some observations, and that's what we've been studying through our curriculum is uh, a proper inductive Bible study where we read the scripture, we observe what it says, and we let the scripture speak for itself and not read into it anything that it does not say. So we see that in the scripture we see God and we see the Spirit of God. There's two different um, persons or characters, if you will, mentioned in this passage. We see that God created and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Now this was not written when this happened. This was written by Moses uh, many years later. But this is happening at the very beginning of time. 
now before time, God existed in God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit for eternity past outside of time. But now we're at the beginning of time, the beginning of everything that we know in the material um, realm or material world around us. Um, but we see there again that God is the one responsible uh, for creation. But we see also that there is a spirit of God or the spirit of God. We see those two specifically. Now, Jesus is here in this passage. It's, he's not, um, it's not like there's an arrow pointing saying here he is, but he is here. And the best way to interpret scripture is by using other scripture. So we're going to look at two verses here together, Psalm 33, 6 and Hebrews 11, 3. Okay, those are both on the screen, so I'm just going to read them from there. Psalm 33, 6 says, By the word of the Lord the heavens were made, and by the breath of his mouth all their host. And in Hebrews 11, 3 says, By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. Now just kind of an aside here, if man creates anything, we have to take something that already exists to make it. We can't build a car out of nothing. We have to have metal, we have to have, I guess today we have to have a lot of plastic. But God, when he created, it was out of nothing. Man cannot do that. Um, but there's some words here we want to, to notice that are, are common between them. It says, when we look at these two verses along with what we read in Genesis 1, we see that God spoke. In Psalm 33, 6, we see that the heavens were made by the word of the Lord. And in Hebrews 11, 3, it says the universe was created by the word. So we see here that God spoke and then it was by the word of the Lord and that the universe was created by the word of God. We see these actions speaking in the word. There's a commonality here. So now when we look over at John chapter 1, um, let's see. Nope, that's not it. I marked these tonight and it's not doing me a lot of good. Well, Hmm. Yeah. Okay. In the, John chapter 1, verse 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So now if we tie these verses back to Genesis 1, Psalm 33, Hebrews 11, God said the universe was created by the Word, uh, the heavens were made by the Word, and now here in John 1 we see that in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. Now when the Apostle John is speaking of the Word. 
Who is he referring to? He's referring to Jesus. Because we see later in just down the page in verse 14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. That verse cannot be speaking of anyone else but Jesus. So taking that and going back to the first of the chapter, the word is Jesus. So we go all the way back to Genesis. In the beginning, God created, the Spirit hovered, and God said, let there be light. So we see God, the Creator, speaking. That's Jesus Christ, the Word of God, there at creation, active in the creative act, and in the Holy Spirit is there as well, the actions being performed through Him also. So you see how all three members are present at creation. We see the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. Uh, again, none of the verses, these verses that we read have the word Trinity in them, but the doctrine is very clear uh, in these verses. Uh, next verse we want to look at um, is Isaiah 44. And this is, this is kind of moving away from the idea of creation, but this is more of um, the, the doctrine of the Trinity in general. Isaiah 44, verses 23 and 24, says, Sing, O heavens, for the Lord has done it. Shout, you lower parts of the earth. Break forth into singing, you mountains, O forest and every tree in it. For the Lord has redeemed Jacob and glorified himself in Israel. Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, and he who formed you from the womb, I am the Lord who makes all things, who stretches out the heavens all alone, who spreads abroad the earth by myself. Now here what we've got, got to do is we want to realize this is a poetic passage that Isaiah is writing. The, the mountains are not literally singing. The heavens are not literally shouting. The, um, the forest uh, isn't singing. Now when we see the sky, the mountains, the trees, they all praise and point to our Lord and Savior and Creator. But we know they don't literally have these humanistic characteristics that it says here. So we know this is poetic. Um, and God is being praised for redeeming Israel. We see that in verse 23. And then we also see that He is being praised in verse 24 for creation. And it says that he formed us in the womb. Um, uh, is it, I believe it's Jeremiah that says he knit me together in my mother's womb. God, if there's any question on the Roe versus Wade debate, I think this is a good argument because he is forming us. We're not just a sack of cells or uh, an accident. God is actually forming a child in the womb. We were each one formed 
by the hands of God. It says he made all things and he stretched out the heavens. And when I think of that, I think of looking from horizon to horizon. You see the sky and you don't see a beginning or the end, just like it was being stretched out like a, like a canvas before us, that he stretched out the heavens. But in verse 24, it says that speaking of the Lord, and this being the capital L, small capital O-R-D, this is the covenant name of God, Yahweh. So we're speaking of God the Father. It says that He alone created the earth by Himself. So now it seems like we've got a little bit of a problem because we just got through looking at and making a case for the Trinity, the Father, the Son, the Spirit being present at creation. And now here in Isaiah 44, it says that God did it alone by himself. Some would say that this is a contradiction. I'll give you a secret, it's not. You know, I'll let you in on that. God cannot lie. Uh, uh, scripture tells us that in Titus 1, 2 and Hebrews 6, 18. So if we are making a conclusion that seems like it's contradictory in Scripture, either we're wrong or there's another explanation. If we ever think that, well, this part of Scripture doesn't match up with this, it's not the Scripture that's wrong, it's us. We just haven't discovered what the connecting tissue is there. So the explanation is the Trinity of God, the, the three persons in one. If you got your, your chart, and we've got it here too, you see in the middle we have God the Creator. And that you could put, say, okay, uh, Isaiah 44 talks about God the Creator alone creating, but we also know that fa the Father and that, that is kind of hard to read. The Father is the same as God the Creator. The Son is the same as God the Creator. And the Holy Spirit is the same as God the Creator. But the Father is not the Son, is not the Spirit, is not the Father. Have I confused anybody yet? I always try to. <laughs> All right. I know I showed this to Eddie one time, and he came way more confused than, uh, than when he started. I should have prefaced the whole lesson in saying that with our finite minds, if we ever understand the Trinity, then we've got something wrong because we will never understand with our minds, but we can, through God's attributes, kind of get an idea. Um, you know, I can say I am a father, I'm a son, and I'm a husband. I'm all three of those things. But that's three different natures in one person. With God, you have one nature in three different people. You have God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. Each one has a, a, a different job, I guess you could say, for lack of a better term. Uh, God the Father, He's the Creator. God the Son is the one who came to teach and by our salvation, God the Spirit's the one who dwells within us today. 
there's a heresy that was um, many eons, well, not eons, uh, in the early church called modalism that said, well, you had God the Father, then he became God the Son, then he became God the Spirit. And that's a heresy because God the Father still existed in heaven while God the Son was on earth and God the Spirit was still here. All three of them exist at one time. Is that making, yeah. All three have existed from eternity past and will exist until eternity future. They are all the same, yet different. I know that's tough. I, I struggle with it, but let's study on some more and see if we can, can learn some more here about it. Um, I guess to say that all three, if somebody says, well, the Bible says all three persons were present at creation, but then over here it says God alone created, the proper answer is yes. That's both are correct. Uh, let's look at Colossians uh, chapter 1. Uh, I marked all these, see my orange stickers, I marked all this tonight to make the stuff easier to find and it's not helping me one bit. Well, I'm going to read a little more than what's there. I'm going to start in verse 13 and go through 18, but the, the meat's right there. Um, 113 through 18, okay. Uh, Colossians 1, beginning in verse 13, says, He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of, his son of, of the Son of His love, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by Him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. Now the reason I read the whole section uh, the verses 15 through 17 have a lot of pronouns, and we want to know that that is pointing back, talking about Jesus, God the Son. So that's who we're speaking of here. Uh, I like verse 18, talking about Jesus Christ being the head of the body of the church. Uh, Adrian Rogers said one time that a, Christ has to be the head of the church, that a church with no head is dead, and a church with two heads is a monster. So we got to have one head and give Christ the preeminence. Um, but we see here, speaking of Jesus in verse 16, for by him, which using the context is speaking of Jesus, all things were created. Um, how much is all? Everything, all is all. All things were created. So we see Jesus as being part of not one being created, but being one who was the creator. Um, everything in heaven on earth, the visible and invisible, all things were created through him and for him. 
Then going backwards to Psalm 104, uh, I'm going to read Psalm 104, verses 24 through 30. Uh, o Lord, how manifold are your works in, am I in the right chapter? I'm sorry. I'm sorry if I'm scattered tonight. Um, o Lord, how manifold are your works in wisdom you have made them all. The earth is full of your possessions. This great and wide sea in which are innumerable teeming things, living things both small and great, there the ships sail about, there is that Leviathan which you have made to play there. These all wait for you that you may give them their food in due season. What you give them, they gather in. You open your hand, they are filled with good. You hide your face, they are troubled. You take away their breath, they die and return to their dust. You send forth your spirit, they are created, and you renew the face of the earth. Now the reason I read that extended section is we see that God is not only the creator, but the sustainer. It says that he feeds them and they're, um, they're good, but when he takes away their breath, they die and return to the dust. God is the creator and sustainer. But in verse 30, you send forth your spirit, this is the Holy Spirit, and they are created. So, just as we saw God the Father as an agent of creation, then in Colossians, God the Son, Jesus as an agent of creation. Now here in Psalm 104, we see God the Holy Spirit as an agent of creation. All three persons, they're at creation, but yet God himself alone created. It boggles the mind, but it is a, it's, an, it's, a, it's an incredible doctrine that even though we don't understand it, we have to hold to it because if any of the three are not God and if any of the three are not part of the Trinity, then we've got a lot bigger problems to deal with than and some of the other doctrines we uh, talk about. Again, we have not mentioned or found the word in Scripture, Trinity, anywhere, but it's, it's there. Uh, the fingerprints are all through Scripture. It says here, God is both one and three, but in different ways so that there is no contradiction. He is one God existing as three distinct persons. That would be as if there were one Bob existing as three different Bobs. A Bob that's we can't see, a Bob that walked the earth, and a Bob that now lives inside of us. Now is that even weirder than thinking of God that way, to think of Bob that way? You know, it's, but that's what it is. It's three separate persons, but one. Um, he is one God existing as three distinct persons. The Father is not the Son, is not the Spirit, yet they are all the single God described as creating the universe. Uh, there's also other roles that the Trinity um, is seen throughout Scripture. We see worship of the Father, of the Son, of the Spirit. Uh, one reference that sticks out in my mind is after the uh, resurrection, 
Jesus appeared to the uh, disciples and Thomas wasn't with them, well then later he appears and Thomas is there and, and he believes because he sees and he puts his hand in his side in his hand and he falls down and he says, my Lord and my God. He worships Jesus and Jesus does not rebuke him. If Jesus were not one to be worshipped as we are to worship, let's see, thou shalt have no other gods before me, one God to be worshipped. But if Jesus were not part of that Godhead to be worshipped, he would have rebuked Thomas. Uh, at the resurrection, we see um, different attributes uh, credited to all three persons. Um, it's a it's a doctrine that we have to form looking at the whole Bible. If we take if we take just the verse in Colossians and we say, okay, Jesus is the only creator. If we take the verse in Genesis one, we say, well, only God the Father is the creator. If we take the one in Psalms where it talks about through the Spirit, they're created see where we have to take the whole context, the whole counsel of Scripture to form this doctrine. Um, and when we do that, the Scripture will, will reveal to us one Godhead with three distinct persons. At the baptism of Jesus, uh, we see John the Baptist baptizing God the Son, and when he comes up from the water, we hear the voice of God saying, this is my Son who within whom I'm well pleased, listen to him. I, I believe that's the right quote. Then the spirit descends as a dove. All three persons are together there at one time. That's one of the few places in scripture we see that. Um, and Jesus being present with God in the beginning, God had a plan for our redemption. He knew we would fall. So then at the right time in history, Jesus stepped out of his glory in heaven and he forever became flesh like we are. He was not flesh before that. He became flesh when he was placed in Mary's womb. When he died on the cross, he was flesh. When he rose again, he was flesh. When he ascended back to heaven, he was flesh. He still is flesh. But he forever stepped out of heaven and became flesh so we would have the opportunity to forever be with him in heaven as spirit. That was his role. And the Holy Spirit is sealing us until that day. All right. Well, if you're not too terribly confused, are there any questions or anything you want to add? Or if it's too hard, I'll ask Eddie to answer it. Yeah, too bad Dennis isn't here. Uh, I, I don't know if y'all know that, uh, kind of an inside joke that when uh, Glenn Rose was still teaching Sunday school, the lesson that week was on the Trinity, and Glenn was having a hard time with it, and he said, uh, well, Dennis, won't you just explain the Trinity for us? Just like it was something easy to do. So we've always given Dennis a hard time about being able to readily explain the Trinity. So, all right, any, any questions or comments? Yeah, Doug. Mm -hmm.
Yes. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, because if you don't, it's kind of like you never see Bruce Wayne and Batman together. You never see Clark Kent and Superman together. But when you see all three persons of the Trinity together, you know it's not one changing modes from one to the other, like I talk about modalism. That's kind of the same thing with the uh, illustration of, of water. Water can be a gas, a liquid, and a solid, but it can't be all three at the same time. But God can be all three at the same time. And it, it's a beautiful picture there at the baptism of all three members. Yeah. All right. Anybody else? My, if it's any comfort, my Sunday school class usually looks at me like this too. So they especially did this Sunday. Uh, all right. All right. Well, thank you all.